0: Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life, or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can, too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw, and today I bring you Frank Soma. Ever since I finished my career as a Division I All-American athlete, I longed for not only the clarity of purpose that I had as an athlete, but also the accountability that comes with aspiring for big goals with a team of like-minded people. Then I discovered mastermind groups. Masterminds are small groups of like-minded people who get together either in person or over Skype or just over the phone to provide support, feedback, and advice to other members of the group. So I dove in and I learned all I could about mastermind groups, and then I finally launched my own. And the change was instant. I regained the accountability of being part of a group of like-minded, hardworking individuals who hold me to a higher standard. My mastermind group helps me get feedback and advice and even validation when I'm making big, big decisions in my life. And I have clarity and focus and accountability again, just like when I was an athlete. I've now facilitated dozens of high performers in mastermind groups. I'm talking Olympians and MBAs and neurosurgeons and professional athletes and, and entrepreneurs and lots of others. I've taken everything you need to know to start your own mastermind group and I have put it into a short 10-page ebook titled The Quick and Easy Guide to Starting Your Own Mastermind Group in 30 Days or Less. Grab a copy of this free ebook by going to com slash mastermind. That's com slash mastermind. Frank is a sought-after motivational speaker workshop leader, coach, and author. He's a certified practitioner of NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, the communication science that made Tony Robbins Mm -hmm. famous. He's taught audiences in varied industries how to gain instant rapport, build great relationships, and create customers for life. His training centers around the belief that people do business with people they like and with people they trust. And the focus is on helping people and being more engaging, persuasive, trustworthy, and professional. And as you'll see in this interview, Frank's energy is infectious. His techniques are quickly absorbed and immediately usable. And as I always do with my interviews, Frank and I are going to talk about how to implement what he teaches, whether you're a salesperson, a manager, an entrepreneur, a teacher, a coach, a parent, or just about anything else. After all, Frank and I both believe that we are all selling something. And as always, if you don't have time to listen to the entire episode or if you hear something you like, but you don't have a chance to write it down, make sure you grab your free copy of the action plan. Just go to jimharshawjuniorcom slash Action. Frank, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, you've... I've heard your name mentioned many a time by a mutual friend, Dr. Frank, uh, Dr. Rob Gilbert, sorry, Dr. Rob Gilbert of the Success Hotline. For any of the listeners, you know that I talk about Dr. Gilbert periodically. Uh, I actually interviewed him way back in episode 33. Uh, and so I finally, uh, and he, you know, I was talking to Dr. Gilbert a while back and he, and he recommended you as someone I should reach out to. So, so here we are. We're finally getting, talk, getting to talk to the Frank Soma. So Frank, tell us a little bit about your background. Maybe just kind of you know where you grew up and the thirty thousand foot view of how you got from there to where you're at now
1: well sure sure i was a um I'm a New York City kid born and raised right here in the city, and you know I was kind of designated to be last in my class and guaranteed to fail i uh, I was fired from the first ten jobs i ever had I'm not happy to or proud to say, but you know somewhere along the line, somebody um, took an interest in me i was Attending bar, and a guy said, Hey, you know, you should come in for an interview with Western Union Telegraph in sales. And around that time, I had gotten married, had a child, and felt this huge amount of responsibility. And that opportunity just turned out to be something I could run with. And, um, you know, down the road of peace, I met a guy after taking that job and excelling at it. I met a guy who gave me a system and that system of goal setting and planning has stuck with me to this day. And I think it's made all the difference in the world.
0: Interesting. a system for goal setting and planning. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Well, yeah, sure. So, you know, each year in January, I just ran a seminar this past January to teach this to folks, but each year in January, I sit down and I go through a process where I examine my life and where I'd like to go. And it's a very feelings-based thing. Like when I get a group together in a seminar, it takes hours and hours to do this, even though the goal-setting portion is probably 45 minutes, but just to get people into a place where they're malleable enough to actually think about what they really want and not, what's been put out there before them or what the expected results might be or what yeah. the voice in their head is telling them and all those. Yeah.
0: You know, or what they, they see on social media or,
1: like yeah. Through. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. You know, the Facebook, Facebook envy thing, you know, like yeah, you right. Look at Facebook and you think that everybody's sitting on a beach drinking out of coconut.
0: Yeah. That's how everybody else lives. Right. <laughs> Where'd I screw up?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, You know, I got a great system down and it worked for me. And then, um, you know, you mentioned Rob Gilbert, but when I met Rob many years ago, that's what convinced me that I should step off into the speaking world.
0: Wow, really?
1: Yeah, yeah. He was my catalyst. I had hired him to talk to a team that I had and he came in and did a bang up job. And I said... Hey, can I take you out one night and you teach me a little bit about how you do what you do so I can get started in that direction? And as you know, he's enormously generous
0: with
1: himself, his time, his information, and, and got me started.
0: Wow, fascinating! So that one person, right? And, and for the listeners, I talk about the environment of excellence, right? Like, who are you surrounding yourself with? The, you know, do you hear a guy like Doctor Rob Gilbert and say, "Wow, that, that guy's pretty inspirational. He's pretty good, He's pretty cool." And then do you do you just let that person drift in and out of your life, or do you invite that person out for a drink or dinner and and, and say, "How can I do what you do?" Right? I mean, there's 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 people out there doing what we want to do, right? Doing what you want to do and and find them, talk to them, invite them out for dinner, buy them lunch, grab grab a cup of coffee with them, right? And one of the things... Absolutely.
1: You know, Jim, that's a huge point. It's who you surround yourself with and the people that you keep in your life, those quality people that you meet, that you make it a point to keep in your life is is enormous but you've only got so much room so what have you got to do you've got to purge some of those unhealthy relationships as well yeah and and you know pare down that time you know i get people a lot of times that that'll talk about not having the time to do this or that and you know when you really examine it we all have time to do the things we really want to do
0: yeah and i challenge you the listener to, to actually stop and do this because frank it's easy one thing for frank and i to have a conversation and talk about doing this, but for you to listen to us say it and about the importance of it and, and hear the results of Frank actually did this with one person individual and, and it changed his life. It's like, who, who's the person for you, the listener. I challenge you to find that person. Think about that person. You know who they are. Invite them out to dinner, buy them lunch, stop by Ask them if you can stop by their office and and ask them right you know take that take that productive pause and do it right and Frank, so one of the things that I talk a lot about on my my podcast here is something called the productive pause it 's this 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 stepping off of the treadmill of life and actually thinking right reflecting and I've interviewed so many people and they and they always tell me that one of their secrets for success is is not necessarily doing but it's this this version of pause and the way I define a productive pause is this It's a short period of focused reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind and that's what you're talking about. So so you're saying you do this every year in January you hit the hit the pause button and kind of reflect and do your goal setting is that right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um you know, I work in a couple of different categories. And um I also, you know, each year in right before that in December, I, I have a a blog post that goes out every Monday. It's been, it's been going on since um 2001. Actually, the the tragedy that happened to us here in New York in 2001 is what started this blog post for me. Wow. It was it began as just a message out to my team to be inspirational on a Monday morning, we were li- living in a city in which we could not do any business, even calling someone and asking about business seemed like untoward, you know, yeah. everyone was in the midst of this tragedy. How dare you call, <laughs> make a sales call on me, you know? So I just was sending a message every Monday morning. And then it caught on from here to there. And it. so here we are, however many, you know, 19 years later. And, uh, and now it's a formalized blog and, um, and, you know, what I say to folks in December is start thinking about next year and create a motto. Like the the motto in my email right now is, um, is breathe in the dream and, and exhale the worry. And mm. I, I create a motto every year that kind of guides me through the year. So it's part of the goal setting process. But like you said, Jim, and the way that you defined your productive pause is awesome and I'm going to have to go on your website and get that and write it down so I can read it over and over because it was just perfect, and that's exactly what I'm doing each year.
0: I want to go back a few years, Frank. Mm -hmm. On your website, you tell a story about when you're 16 years old and you have this part-time job. And I want, to, I want to just for the listener, I want to read a couple of sentences here. And Frank, I want you to tell us a little bit about this, how this worked for you. So you said this, at age 16, I got a part-time job at Tom McCann Shoes. The manager created a sales contest for, quote, upfronts, which is items like shoe polish or socks, things that a salesperson might offer and add to a customer's shoe purchase working only 20 hours a week compared to the old timers, 48 hours a week. I won it outright with no allowance for the difference in hours. Frank, how were you able to outsell outperform professionals who worked more than twice the hours of you? It's, you know, it's such a young age. You're only 16 years old. What was different there? How did you do that?
1: I think the difference that makes the difference is always desire. So Anyone that's listening right now, you may see people around you that you think have a ton more talent, or you see people and you go, "Boy, that comes so naturally to him. I wish I could." And then you know you have, you talk yourself down about this other person's ability versus yours. Um, I think what I had going for me is I was 16. I didn't know any better, so I believed <laughs> I could. I could. Number one. Number two. I had way more enthusiasm than guys. That, I mean, think about that. If you're a guy working full time supporting a family and 48 hours a, work, a, a week and you're working in a shoe store it gets mundane after a while you know i was a young kid full of uh, full of energy just ready to go and i think the um, those factors together combine but you know taking that forward to today what i what i'm finding is that the people that do well at things are people that are really open and flexible to learn more and when you learn about how to meet people where they are and how to create conversations that are productive and how to be a great listener you know there's that old saying nobody ever said hey i hate that guy all he ever does is listen to me it's it's what makes the world go and i think in that situation in in the shoe store it i i was young and didn't know any better and i think i just outworked and out hustled everybody else um And and circling back to what I was saying before about the jealousy and the envy that we have when we look out at other people and we think they have something that we don't. The truth is that hard work beats talent all the time. This is proverbial. This is tortoise and the hare stuff. I mean, hard work beats talent all the time. And if you don't know enough about something, you can definitely learn more. But while you're on your way to learning, just outwork everybody else and you'll do better.
0: Yeah. Love that. You know, we look at others and we always think their path is easier. We think their journey was a little easier. We think that they have something that we don't have, or they know something that we don't know. And that's almost never the case. The case is usually it's just work. Right. And that's part of this podcast is like pulling back the curtain of successful people and going, how does it really work? And they go, well, there's failure and there's struggle and there's hard work along the way. God, I mean, go, go figure. Right. Right. And Frank. My listeners probably relate more with the, the, in that story that we just talked about, they probably relate more with the old timer, right? The, the the middle-aged person who, like you just said, right they're, they're grinding it out. They got a family. They got a mortgage. They've been at this job for a long time. They work 48 hours a week. And it's hard to bring that enthusiasm. How does that guy succeed? How does that person succeed over the 16 year old who, you know, is working half the hours, comes in with all the energy, also has, you know, none of the seeds of failure. Like you said, you didn't know any better, right? You didn't have those seeds of of doubt planted into you. How does the, how does the, how does the other guy win?
1: You know, I I think it's about who you surround yourself with. What you were saying before, you know, whether or not you have. I I have a coach. I love her. She keeps me on the right path. I think it's important to have people that you can go to. You know, I, I'm a member of a mastermind group that we we get on a Zoom call, a video conference, because we're in all different parts of the world, and and that's organized. That's an organized thing. And then I have my own little mastermind group, which is a business associate of mine that we meet every two weeks for breakfast and we talk about one another's business and it, you know these are the things that help you stay fresh and stay focused because it let's your own devices you know it's very easy to get up head to work every day do your job do the best you can make that commute home by the time you get home it's just about time for a little dinner game of thrones and hit the sack. <laughs> And, um, and that's not going to propel you forward. And you you hear people all the time saying, well, turn off the damn TV and do something. People are exhausted. You know, you give, you give a lot to the job all day. It's tiring. You know, how do you move yourself forward? And I I think it comes with the kernel of an idea that you, you know, you do this goal setting kind of thing. And then you get a coach or a group or some folks that you can talk to about what it is you want to do. And then they kind of hold you accountable. You know, when you, when you say something out loud, people may ask you about it, and, but it all comes from desire, uh, Jim, and I think more than anything else, desire, desire, desire. If you want it bad enough, you'll figure out a way to get there.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You find that energy, right? I think back to yeah. Christmas morning when I was a kid, you know, waking up in the wee hours of the morning, so excited, right? You're excited. You were whereas, you know, the day before and the day after you're tired and you're sleeping in, but when you're excited about something, you just have more energy, right? You talked about having the idea, you talked about having the goal, and then you talked about having a coach and a mastermind and you know having the right people around you and when you have that in your life you can go to work you can grind all day and then you can come home have dinner turn off the TV and you still have energy if you've done the work to you know hit the productive hit the pause button right done the productive pause identified what are my right goals what do I actually care about that's you know not Trying to align my goals with what I see on Facebook or parked in my neighbor's driveway, but what do I care about? Whenever you figure out what I care about, why I care about it, and then you create a plan, and then you have a coach and a mastermind group who support you and push you and ask you the questions, ask you the hard questions and make you actually answer them and hold you accountable. I mean, yeah, that's that's the magic, right? That's the potion. I mean, people want to know what's the secret to success? Well, well that's it. We just I mean we just talked about it, right? Now you gotta go you gotta go execute on it. You can't just end this podcast and go have a sandwich. You gotta go you gotta take action on it.
1: Yeah, you really do. And and it can be small things. You know, if you build up that confidence, you know, you you make promises to yourself and keep them. Make small promises to yourself and keep them. How is it that person A gets up in the morning, goes to the gym, showers, shaves, gets to work, puts in a full day? gets home, enjoys his family, makes the calls he's got to make to his family and friends during the day, stays connected, reads a little bit in the evening, reads something positive, works yeah. on a project that they've got going on, goes to bed and does not again the next day, and person B gets up, races for the train, gets to the train late, falls asleep on the train, loses that hour of productive time, yeah. goes to work, mails it in all day, goes home, eats a little something, watches some TV, and falls asleep. It's the same 24 hours.
0: Yeah. yeah Yeah.
1: it's about what you choose to do with it it really is and and if you think about that if you had something thrust upon you something you know uh, uh, some horrible thing that happens to you that causes you to realign you find the time how many of us have to take care of a an aging parent or a sick child or a spouse that's going through some physical challenges we, you know, we thought with that, we used the entire day up and then suddenly there's all this time that yeah. somebody else you find it pressed upon us. Yeah. 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 It's there.
0: And it, and I just want to encourage the listener. It doesn't start with doing, it starts with the opposite. It starts by the pause. It starts by this, this reflection and this going a little, a little bit backwards, maybe a little bit deeper, a little bit understanding of, okay, what's actually important here. Right. And, and for the listener, I'll just, Plug this real quick. If you actually do download the action plan, you'll get access to a whole sheet, a whole page of like all these action plans I've got. But I also have my top 20 favorite productive pause questions like, what's important now? Or what's the one thing that you're not doing that if you were would most propel you towards your goals? Like those kind of powerful questions that kind of hit you in the gut a little bit. But I got a bunch of those. So if you're wondering, you're saying, okay. Jim and Frank, I get, I get it. How do I? What question do I ask myself when I hit the pause button? When I set aside 15 minutes or, or an hour next week or this Saturday morning, and I wake up an hour early, what what do I do? What questions do I ask myself? Well, those are those are some questions that can help guide you. So.
1: That's Frankie. huge. That's a huge service, man. Good for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's just it's it's the you know the, the questions that you ask yourself, and you know actually Tony Robbins said some of the effect of uh, uh, the quality of our life uh, depends on the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. So, and, and you've heard that before, I know. And so, I do want to switch over to this. This is a great segue because um, I know Tony Robbins was is a big proponent of neuro linguistic programming. Can you? Talk about this. Can you can you first explain what it is to the listener? And and I know you've got a certification in it. I mean, I guess let's start with that. Tell us what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. So NLP, neuro linguistic programming, is a science put together by two guys back in the early sixties, Bandler and Grinder. And what these guys were doing was trying to create better therapists. And they had these little groups of therapists, and they taught them. What they did is they broke down communication basically to the most infin- infin- infinitesimal levels. So when you go through an NLP co- course and you you learn what the human condition is, what people are doing. So let's think about this. If you there's a study back in the 60s by a guy named Maharin at UCLA who said that. Fifty seven percent of our communication is what we see and thirty seven percent is the tone of our voice and only seven percent is the words we use. Please don't check that math. I'm sure it's close, <laughs> but it might not add up to a hundred. But it's the truth. If you think about it, that's the basis of satire, right? If um you know, if I say to my wife, Listen, I'm gonna leave on a business trip and I have to miss your mom's birthday party on Sunday, and she says to me, Oh, that's great. Does she mean that's great? <laughs> right right? So the words don't mean anything. And so NLP teaches you all of these things like watching facial cues and coloration and breathing patterns and the tone and the pace of the speech and the predicate words that people use. Do they speak in visual terms or auditory terms? And then where are their eyes accessing as they're speaking to you? And then I coupled that for myself anyway, with some great body language learning. I'll plug uh, a wonderful program. I I enjoyed from Joe Navarro. He's an FBI guy that does an awesome program about body language. And you combine those two things and you find yourself in conversations with people. And rather than focusing on the words and having your own brain running your response before the person's finished speaking, you learn how to listen better and respond more clearly. And, you know, what I teach in my trainings is how to be well-liked and well-trusted and relied upon and that really comes from being tuned in. In NLP, we call that uptime, totally focused on what the other person is doing and saying. And that involves a lot more than just what they're saying. It involves, their, as I said, their eye movement and, and different facial and body cues.
0: So this is about connecting more deeply with the person with whom we're having a conversation. Is that right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well said.
0: And so how does that help us? How does that help you? Whether, again, whether you're in sales, maybe you're an entrepreneur or a parent or a teacher or a coach, I mean, why is this, why is this important?
1: Well, I mean, I believe that deeper relationships create better results in our lives. And the way to a deeper relationship is to understand the other person. I mean, if you think about what ego is, we're all trying to Set ourselves apart and be different, right? Ego, ego is about self, yeah. and it's about how do you differentiate. So that person that you're talking to, you remember in Dale Carnegie's great book, "How to Win Friends and Influence People"? Sure. All right. So Dale Carnegie said something stunning in that book. He said the man you're talking to has more interest in his own toothache <laughs> than an earthquake that killed ten thousand people.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. People are, you know, if you want to be well liked, well trusted, um, and relied upon, you do that by being a great listener and drawing people out. You'll get your turn. It's it's check your ego a little bit and start to really tune into someone with nothing in mind. You know, there's no gain for you in mind. It's just to listen to someone and draw them out, ask better questions. And over time, that'll give you deep relationships. And in order to accomplish anything in life, whether it's, as you said, a parent trying to convince their child to, to read more, do better in school, or the veterinarian is trying to sell me heartwarm pills for my dog, or the entrepreneur who needs to get the bank to give him a loan or to convince his employees of, of this or that, whatever it is, we're all in relationships and we've all got to convince folks on some level. And I submit that that only comes from listening well and being trusted.
0: Yeah. You know, whenever I go into a coaching session with one of my clients, I really try to focus. I try to pause before that session, close my eyes and just really be present and really say, okay, Jim, listen to their words. If it's in person, it's like watch their face, look at their eyes, look at their body language and really connect with this person. If it's just over the phone, it's like really listen, you know, listen to the pauses, you know, not just, not just the voice and the words, but the pauses and the tone of voice. And, And really try to understand what they're what they're telling you, what what the deeper meaning is behind what they're saying and and go deeper. And that always always, without fail, produces a better, more productive conversation.
1: Absolutely. Jim, that's magic. And and how do you find it to work for you? Like when you're really, really tuned in. You know what are the results of those conversations?
0: That's a great question. They're They're infinitely better. You know, um, whether it's with my wife, whether it's with my kids, whether it's with a prospective client or a client, it's just better, right? When When you really are focused. And now that I think about it, I think about certain people who have come across in my life who, whenever you meet them, you feel like you're the most important person in the world. And it's because they're really investing in you in that moment. And that comes maybe it comes naturally, maybe it doesn't, maybe it's practiced over time, maybe it's learned, whatever that it might be. We all have that ability in us, I think. And you can speak to this more than I can. And, but I think we all have that ability in us, but we have to we have to catch ourselves. We have to be mindful. We have to be in the moment rather than, you know, when we're talking to the person in front of us thinking about the next meeting or the, the you know what we're going to have for lunch or the argument that we had with our spouse when we were walking out the door this morning. It's like we have to be really really present in that moment. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's that's really true and the ability to be present is becoming more and more challenging. You know, because of the amount of distractions around us and it's, it sets you apart even further. You know, if, um, there's this myth about multitasking, right? So if you talk to people, they'll talk about their ability to multitask. If I were sitting right now, Jim, talking to you and I were on my computer answering an email, I would not sound the way I sound. Yeah, right. It's it's you just don't yeah. So you've got to do what you're doing while you're doing it. You've got to focus on that person and complete uptime, as we say in NLP, and it just makes things more smoothly. One of the things that I can share with uh, with the folks listening so sometimes you don't really know where to go. Right, you're you're talking to somebody. How does that conversation get better? Um, so one of the things to do is to employ a technique that's called backtracking. If you find that someone's reticent to speak to you, or they're just you know very one-word answers, mm. one of the things you can do is repeat the last couple of words that they said with a vocal intonation that's a question at the end. So if you said to me, Frank, yeah, we went to the park on Sunday, um, I could say, Oh, that's nice, and the conversation ends there, or I could say, The park, mm. and when I when I repeat your last two words with that little bit of a question in my tone. It kind of implores you to explain further, doesn't it? Sure, of course. Before. I said, the park. You say, yeah. well, yeah, I went there with my cousin, blah blah blah, blah. and suddenly yeah. the conversation is rolling. Yeah. So if you find yourself stuck, sometimes that's a neat way to get to get a conversation unstuck.
0: And and that's fantastic. And and that's again, whether it's with a, a spouse or with your kids or with a coworker, mm-hmm. a colleague, a, a prospect. That's that's just a great little tactic to have in your back pocket. Any other little tips or tactics like that, Frank? I love those.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, I can give you what, you know, my my steps for meeting someone. This sounds so silly. I do this in seminars and I I teach people how to meet folks. And everyone says, "Well, I, you know, I've met thousands of people in my life and shaken hands." I go, "Yeah, but did you really do it the right way?" So, there's a there's a kind of a system to it when you're meeting somebody new. And you go up and you shake a hand and say hello. How many times have you ever met someone and, in the moment that you met them, thought? And this is a rhetorical question for the audience. Mm. And thought, I don't know if I really like this person. Really. <laughs> yeah. And nothing's happened yet except that you met them. Well, what has happened yeah. is that you added up a bunch of little facial and body cues and came to a conclusion. This is this is our lizard brain stuff. This yeah. is in your DNA. You know, this is yeah. a caveman. Before there was language, we had to figure out. So uh, what I'll say is when you meet somebody, you've got to be open. You've got to be heart-to-heart. So your core, the center of your body is facing the center of their body. Can't be side-saddled in, you know, half-turned, looking the other way. Because wh- what I'm submitting is that sometimes when... <clears throat> you feel as though you didn't like somebody right away or didn't care from that they violated one of these moves that I'm telling you about so one is you got to be centered two is you got to make soft eye contact you got to think how nice is it to meet this person and if you really think that when you make eye contact your eyes will say that they'll be soft so you you you're centered you make soft eye contact you smile You offer a greeting, hello, how are you? As you reach out to shake their hand, when you shake their hand, don't try to break all their bones and show them how you've hit in the gym. You know, don't. You know, a little commercial for the for the ladies out there who are, you know, you're we're all business people and equals. You know, how many times you've had a guy shake your hand and just grab the tips of your fingers like you're the Queen of England? (laughs) How annoying is that? That's condescending. It's it's borderline misogynistic. Don't do it, guys. Shake a woman's hand like it was a man. Maybe a little softer, but shake it. And then the final thing is you lean in just slightly at the end and it conveys just a bit of intimacy, not so close, like it's a Jerry Seinfeld close talker episode, but it's just, you know, a slight lean in conveys a bit of intimacy and then I say their name out loud and then I say it again in my head and then I say it out loud again because the name like slips like, uh, you know, like it's in Teflon right out of my head Often when you meet somebody. But if I say, you know, so I'm squared up, I look at you, I shake your hand, I lean in a little bit, I make soft eye contact, I'm smiling, I say, Jim, nice to meet you, Jim. And in my head I say, Jim, Jim, that's Jim, as I look at you. Yeah. And it it helps me to retain the the name a little bit better. And you get also a good start that way.
0: Love that. And that goes right back to the book, you know, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. The the most uh the sweetest sound to anybody is the name of their then uh, is their name, right? And right, right. and if you can remember their name, you know, it just goes so far and then you just make this little connection and it's I, I love that I get I'm so, you know, I love the fact that I get to interview guys like you and benefit from this, and this is such an important interview for me to have or conversation for me to have right now, Frank, because I've been working on this lately for myself, but I didn't really know if I was on the right track, right? I was really trying to internalize how I feel about people and really... Again, whether whenever I'm getting on a phone call with a, one of my coaching clients or a prospective client or meeting with somebody or with my wife or my kids, really trying to be there and be present. And, and it changes things. It just changes. It's changed my relationships. It's really affected me. And, I, and it's, it's something that's, it's gonna I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. And it's just good to have this reinforce and actually get some structure around this. So I, I do want to learn more about neurolinguistic programming. Where do I go to find out more about that?
1: You know, the New York Institute for NLP is in Midtown Manhattan. Just look up New York Institute for NLP. uh, I just went for a refresher class, actually, with a guy named John O'Connor, who was a brilliant instructor about two years ago. But they run constant classes, which are, you know, maybe a few weeks long that are not terribly expensive that you can get an introduction to NLP. And then, of course, you know, my certification, that's a much longer course, and it it was a couple of years. But... Um, only you know one night a week for a couple of years. So there's all different levels for introduction. I can't tell you I know of a book that's out there that's handy, uh, but if you look at the New York Institute, I'm sure that they'll have uh, listings of other things to look up as well.
0: Excellent. And for the listener, I'll have uh, have that listed, and I'll even try to track down a link and put that in the action plan, or maybe uh, a uh, as she listens to this, she'll uh, she usually takes a, takes advantage and uh, helps helps out with stuff like that. So we'll get that link and put that in the action plan, Frank. Can you tell us about maybe a habit that you feel has really set you apart? Like over the years, you've been obviously very, very successful. What has helped set you apart? What do you think that you do that maybe other people don't that has helped you be successful?
1: Wow, I I I think it's most of what you were saying, Jim, it's it's taking that pause. To think, Um, I can also say that I'm not a waster of time. You know, if I've got, I've got the Kindle app on my phone. If I'm waiting for a subway, I'm reading. Um, I I don't spend a lot of time with frivolous stuff. So I, I like to exercise a lot. I find the time to to make sure that I'm in the gym and that I'm taking my runs outside. I do an enormous amount of reading and research. I find pleasure in it. I'm very very curious, and I. I believe I can learn something from everyone that I meet. So I ask a lot of questions. I take notes and and try to remember. I'm not afraid to try new strategies um, that I hear from somebody else that I think can help me to further myself.
0: So folks who are listening, you know, there's no magic here. There are no secrets. You know, the productive pause. He talked about productivity. He talked about reading, talked about exercise. I mean, these are things that we hear over and over and over again. So thanks for for sharing those, Frank. Let me ask you this. Can you tell me about a time where you failed, a time where you failed and maybe as a result you felt that that hopelessness or that self-doubt that comes along with failure and how you were able to overcome that and achieve success despite that or maybe even because of that?
1: You know, I was thinking about this because, of of course, of you and and the podcast. And I think the best example I can give you is one that I don't have a great outcome for yet. And that is that, um, you know, I'm a partner in a company in Manhattan, and I, I bought into this business and thought I would grow it enormously, as I've done for three businesses before this one, and, and I failed miserably. I just could not get, I couldn't find purchase with the uh, president of the company, the guy that invited me and in, the original founder, and we just could never seem to get on firm ground. And then something happened that was unforgivable in my mind, and I walked in and resigned, um, and there was a lot of money on the line. And I told my wife, you know, I'm going to walk in and resign and I don't have another job. And, um, what that did was it scared the heck out of me because this was my only main, only source of income at the time. And, you know, I was a vice president, general manager and an owner of this company. And, um, and now I, I had nothing. But what I had what I decided is that I'm going to resign. I'm going to pursue with much more fervor my speaking business. You know, as a sales expert and speaker, that's what I want to do. Um, for those of you out there that are listening, I did this at 59 years old. Wow. And said it's time for a new career and just started immersing myself into that. I hired a great coach, Jane Atkinson, my speaking coach. She's specifically for speakers and here i am a year later and i'm uh off and running got a bunch of speaking things booked and um, my book is coming out in the fall so i i'd have to say that would be it that was my reinvention and it was frightening because it was at such a late point in life that it was hard to make a change but change i did
0: you know part of the message and mission of this podcast is just a normalized failure, normalized struggle. And for a guy like you to share that really helps us, right? We go, okay, so this kind of thing has happened to me, right? At it, it, some point in our lives, we've all failed or struggled or had to make a hard decision that we didn't know how it was going to turn out on the other side and so I appreciate you sharing that Frank because it's um it's something that we can all relate to and, and uh, love to see where you're at right now and, and how do we find your book when is your book going to come out and how do we track uh, that down
1: well it's still with the editor now so we'll <laughs> I'll have to ask you to have me back on to publicize it when it comes out it'll probably be in the uh, late fall of 2019 um, but the editor is still looking at it now and it's going to be a lot about how to communicate and, you know, the things that we're talking about today, how to get along with people, how to become well-trusted. It's a sales book, but it really applies to anybody who wants to have better relationships.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. We'll look forward to it. and Absolutely. We'll get you back on the show. We can talk more about that whenever, uh, whenever that time comes. Frank, if you could offer the listener one action item, one thing that they should do in the next 24 to 48 hours to really start moving towards their goals. If you could boil it down to one thing, what would what would that be?
1: It would be to take the pause that you recommended. If you need the questions, get on the website and grab them, but just to stop and think. Because as Earl Nightingale famously said, you become what you think about most often. Yeah. Um, So if you just stop and think about whatever your dissatisfaction is now, whatever your better satisfaction will be in the future, and just put it in the front of your mind, it'll begin to happen for you. I promise, you know, this couple years ago, there was this huge thing with the secret, billions and billions of dollars. Everybody bought the secret. There's no secret. You become what you think about most often.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's just man, everything that you said in this conversation Frank is that's 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 the secret, right? That's <laughs> that's how you do it. It's the hard work, it's the belief, it's getting deep down inside of you and in believing and feeling and connecting with people, you know, mix that in with the reading and the exercise and the pause and and that's it, right? It, that's that's how to craft your life the way you want it to be. So Frank, thank you so much for all that. Can you, you take take a minute and, and promote yourself? You know, where do we find you, follow you, your website, social media, oh, et cetera?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, best thing to do is jump onto my website, which is simply franksoma.com. Frank that's it, franksoma.com.
0: That's S-O-M-M-A. And,
1: um, if, S-O-M-M-A. If anybody has a question, they want to reach out to me directly, frank at franksoma.com is my email. But if you get on the site, you'll see the different things that I do. You can jump on to uh, subscribe to the blog, which comes out every Monday. And that's about it. You'll you'll be in touch with another person who philosophically has similar beliefs to you if you jump onto my blog, and that's that.
0: Excellent. Thanks. And we'll have links to that in the action plan. Again, jimharshawjr.com slash action, or just go directly to franksoma.com. Frank, thank you so much for making time to come on the show.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for asking.
0: And for the listeners, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success.